Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm Dr. Amina Fisher, pelvic floor physical therapist and founder of Empower Your Pelvis, a pelvic floor physical therapy clinic in the Kansas City area. All right, guys, today we're going to talk about prolapse. We've had quite a few patients come into the office or into the clinic this week dealing with pelvic organ prolapse. So this could be old school. What we thought was the pelvic floor muscles were weak. So the organs would start to fall into the vaginal canal due to all the muscles being weak, not strong enough to hold up the tissue. So bladder would tend to fall into the vaginal canal. People would feel that pressure, that sensation there may be dealing with bladder incontinence, bladder urgency. Uterus would start to fall down or even the rectum would start to fall into that vaginal canal. So now we know, and this can also be due to ligament weakness or stretching. We now know, though, it's not always everything being truly weak. It can be due to muscles being strong and tight. So the tension tightness down there, along with some weakness, it can also be due to just poor coordination that we're having the muscles are poorly coordinated or your pressure system is off, meaning you're holding your breath when you're moving, you're holding it down, pushing to have a bowel movement that can create some of this tension and tightness. Pressure is off because of constipation or bloating, pressure with lifting, holding tension or emotion down there throughout the day in a go, go, go type of personality, very busy. I myself have that personality and I myself ended up with a grade two bladder prolapse, what we call cystocele. Okay. Had those after all three of my baby baby's births. So the reason I'm bringing this up, because we see it so often in the clinic. And a lot of times, in my opinion, we're missing functional movements that we're looking at with these patients. Okay. So I like to have my patients do five functional movements. And I'm looking at how that pelvic floor is working with doing these five functional movements. First one, squatting. Second one, hinging. Third one, carrying, so objects, pushing, and pulling. So often when we do prolapse, when we look at the tissue down there, we do it on a supine or on your back. And look, how does that tissue look? How is it sitting in the vaginal canal? And what we're missing with our patients is our patients are being functional throughout the day. They're standing up, they're moving, they're walking, they're lifting, they're carrying objects, they're pushing and pulling. And Yet, do we have patients that are walking in that are like, yes, my doctor looked at me in those positions. So I like to really see which one's causing the problem, where are we having the issue, and what is that pelvic floor doing in that type of position? So in our clinic, we're looking at the patients laying flat. We're also looking at them seated on the edge of the bed, okay? But then I'm also handing them weight, and and then we're looking at them standing, 
and then I'm handing them weight. So if they have kids, how much do your kids weigh? Okay, here's the weight. Let's see what your pelvic floor is doing. Ooh, that looks like a little much. Let's take it away. Let's look at a little bit less weight. When are you having symptoms? How can we get that to decrease? How much weight will that be? And then I'm having them, if it's not kids, maybe it's groceries. Maybe it's feed on the farm. Okay, we see that a lot too. Of patients carrying feed, 50 pound bags. What weight can your pelvic floor handle right now? How do we work it up to that weight? Had one with lifting her dog. Her dog was 60 pounds, but she would feel that prolapse every time after lifting them in the back of her truck. So being able to really put the patient into that position in our closed room office can be very vulnerable for them, but it gives us a very good idea of what's happening and how to control the situation and how to build up that strength and endurance so that that pelvic floor can handle those functional movements again. But keep in mind, these are muscle tissues. It doesn't change overnight. It's not going to change by a snap of a finger. Just like if you were going to go to the gym and start lifting weights, you're not going to see your biceps start to bulge out or your arms start to tone up after a week of doing things. You have to give it a good length of time of doing something and loading the tissue properly eight to 12 weeks to maybe start to see a difference, especially with prolapse. It may take up to 16 weeks or more. So being very mindful if you're dealing with these type of symptoms with a prolapse that you're giving yourself ample amount of time to be able to fix it. So we're looking at that squatting. We're looking at hinging. How are we hinging back to get things off the ground, out of a crib, off a bed, out of a dishwasher? Did I already say that? Washing machine is what I meant. How are we carrying objects? Like I have a heavy freaking bag over here that's probably 20 pounds. And I caught myself earlier walking from the back of the clinic to the front leaning over with my history of prolapse, this is not a good lean for me. I need to know how can I control that weight standing up nice and tall, keeping ribs stacked over the pelvis while maintaining a good form with that bag. Because if I do that repetitively over time, things are going to start to break down if I'm doing it poorly. Okay. And then practicing it on the other side. We also want to practice things up high or at the shoulder heights, like babies. How are we carrying those up here? I also like to look at weight above the head. What does our body do when we're lifting weight over our head? It's like when we're putting dishes away in the cabinet or things away in the closet. We want to know how we're carrying that weight. Pushing and pulling. So this can be getting things out of the oven. So think like heavy turkey on a Thanksgiving day. Prolapse symptoms really perk up around that time, let me tell you. Giving pies out of the oven. But we're prepping them for maybe even just regular meals too, like chicken, pizza, whatever. What kind of weight could we withstand going out and back in for our body? Or what does the tissue look like if we are doing push-ups and pull forwards off of a bar in the gym? I'm not looking at that for our patients in those positions or out in the open gym, but we are doing that kind of stuff behind closed doors. So keeping in mind those five functional movements for their prolapse and what we can do to help them out. If you have questions on that, please let me know. There are other ways, especially if you're having symptoms, to get those symptoms to go away. A lot of my prolapse patients today and yesterday were really checking out their layer one and the deeper layers. I think to every single one of them, I said, you know, the backside of the pelvic floor connects with the backside of the mouth because your head and your pelvic floor split when you were a fetus at eight weeks. So your jaw, like me chewing gum, or using those back muscles, can tighten up my pelvic floor if I'm doing it, especially on a regular basis, like if I'm chewing a lot of gum throughout the day or I'm grinding my teeth at night, that can tighten up that backside of the pelvic floor. It'd be smart to work on some mobility, like let the cheeks relax, to let pelvic floor relax, doing some 
child's pose, cat cow, that kind of stuff. But for the front, when I need my like layer one to kick in for pelvic floor, I need my urethra to stop the flow of urine. I can pucker up these lips like I'm trying to call my dog, get these to activate. And I can do that with the pelvic floor too. And again, I'm trying to work on everybody coordinating together as a team. So if these guys are slacking, it's helping to really grab those together. If this isn't making sense, please send me a message and I'm more than happy to go through it in deeper contexts. So just comment on this video and we can tape another lap around this next week. Thank you all for chiming in to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hopefully you've learned something today. Start checking out those movements for yourself, squatting, hinging, carrying, pushing, and pulling. And check out your pelvic floor, your core. See if you notice any pressure down there. Again, comment, let me know. Have a great day, guys. I will talk to you guys next week. Hey, Pelvic Posse. I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again, and make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace out pelvic posse.